Thanks for checking out this week's podcast from Center Street Church. We pray it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. Well, I don't know about you, but I love to hear stories about how God is at work in this world. Last night driving home, my son in the van said, Mommy, I, I can't believe, I love it that people in other parts of the world are accepting Jesus as their Savior. My young son saw that. And isn't that true? When we hear stories like this, we have evidence right in front of us, real live evidence that Jesus is real, that God is active in this world by his spirit, that God's kingdom agenda, his kingdom purposes are forcefully advancing and expanding in this world. And it, it encourages us and gives us motivation to be at work, to be on mission here in Calgary where we find ourselves right now. Matthew chapter 9, Luke chapter 10, John chapter 4, in all of these chapters, Jesus says that people are ready right now, today, to hear about him, to talk about him, to engage in dialogue about Jesus and who he says he is. John chapter 4 verse 35 says this. Jesus says this. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. Look at the landscape of society. Look at humankind all around you. They are ripe for the harvest. Jesus uses a farming metaphor here to describe the condition of people's hearts, to describe the, people, the, the condition of people's minds, saying they're ready. People are open to hearing about Jesus. And a question I want to ask us this morning is, do we believe that Jesus is telling the truth? Do we believe that what he says is true? Do we think that he was maybe only speaking about his time and his day and age that he lived in? Or is he speaking these words as a truth for today, here, right now, for us? There seems to be periods in history, and Ron spoke to these periods, where special urgency is required for us to share Jesus with other people and I believe that we are living in such a time period now where special urgency is required of us who, who say that we follow Jesus to share who he is, to engage with people in dialogue. We know that millions of people are searching to answers for life's crushing problems and fears that they face. We've heard stories this morning about how people are coming to Christ all over the world. We hear feedback from our churches, our partner churches in Ukraine about how people are are just coming to hear about Jesus. <clears throat> churches are multiplying. They're training up leaders to plant churches in other parts of Europe. We hear how churches in Cuba are multiplying and people coming to faith there. We hear all of these stories. And we hear stories as well of what God is doing here in Calgary. This past Monday, a young man from China prayed to receive Christ invited Jesus into his life, surrendered his life to Christ in a conversation that Deb had with him. Deb Ogie is one of our staff here, and she's a chaplain on the state campus. And what she's been doing is this fall with a couple of other people organizing alpha groups, alpha courses this fall. This young man from China was attending and participating in one of these, these courses um, on Thursday evening, and his class schedule changed all of a sudden, and he couldn't come anymore. 
And he was disappointed by this. And so he asked, Deb, can I meet with you Monday and talk with you? And she said, absolutely, yes. Let's sit down Monday and talk. And they talked for over two hours just six days ago. And through the course of that conversation, he believed in Jesus, surrendered his life to him, and his eternity is changed and his present life forever. God is at work. My question to us is, are we living with this awareness? Do we believe Jesus' words to be true? And are we living with this awareness around us that people are open? People are open to dialogue, to conversation. They're open to hear about Jesus. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says this. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What Paul is saying here is that Jesus is equally accessible to anybody. Anybody, anywhere, at any time, no matter who they are, everyone can call on the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus is easily accessible. It just takes someone to call out to him, to pray to him, to cry out to him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, will be saved. That's in verse 13. And in verse 14 here in Romans chapter 10, Paul then asks some very pointed questions. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can they preach unless they are sent? Paul has some reasoning and some logic that he's following here. And he says, how can someone call out to Jesus if they don't believe that he can help them in the condition that they find themselves in? How can they call out to someone if they don't believe? How can they believe if they've never heard about Jesus and who he is? How can they hear about Jesus if no one tells them? Don't get, don't get tripped up on this word preach here. The word here just simply means to share, to tell, to proclaim about Jesus, not necessarily from a platform like this, but if no one tells them about Jesus, then how can, if no one is sent, then how will anybody tell anybody else about Jesus? If no one goes, I just want you to follow with me in Paul's logic and reasoning here in the reverse order. See, if no one is sent, if no one goes, if no one goes someplace or to some people, and no one accomplishes the task of telling people about Jesus, then no one will hear about Jesus. If no one hears about Jesus, then no one will believe. If no one believes that Jesus can do anything about their condition, then no one will call on Jesus, cry out to him. And if no one cries out to Jesus, then it stands to reason here that no one will be saved. You see, Paul leads us to a sobering reality here. That if no one is sent and no one goes, then perhaps no one will be saved. To be sure, Jesus can reveal himself when someone is all alone reading the Bible. Jesus can reveal himself to them and lead that person to cry out and call out to him. To be sure, Jesus reveals himself through dreams or visions to people. But that seems to be the exception, the norm here of Paul's logic. And, and the way that Jesus accomplishes his mission in this world is through you and I 
people that are sent. If no one is sent, if no one goes, then the result might be that no one will believe in Jesus and call out to him and be saved. The thing about being a follower of Jesus is that every Christian is a person who is sent, who is on a mission, who has a purpose, who has a place to tell others about Jesus. Many of you know that I grew up in Cameroon, West Africa, West Africa, and in, in 1976, my parents knew without a shadow of a doubt that God was leading them, prompting them, calling them to go to Cameroon to work alongside pastors and leaders there to share Jesus with people. So they didn't leave me behind. I went with them when I was one year old and, and grew up there for 16 years of my life. And I was, as I was growing up, it seemed odd to me that people thought that what my parents did was great or was extraordinary or that my parents were unique and special people kind of set apart from everybody else and I thought that was so odd because as I looked at my parents they were simply being obedient to what God was calling them to do they were living their ordinary Christian life in obedience to God you see going where Jesus calls you to go Saying what Jesus asks you to say, doing what Jesus asks you to do is the normal, ordinary, baseline ministry and work of the Christian, of you. That's the normal Christian life. The only difference is where we live our lives out, where we're sent. The only difference between us is the vocation that we do while we are sent, while we while we accomplish what Jesus wants us to do. Every Christian is part of helping others come to know Jesus at this, as their Savior. And, and in this sense, every Christian is a missionary, not just people like my parents. All of us in this room who say we're followers of Jesus have a place to go, have a people to go to. Every Christian is sent. And the first people that you are sent to, that Jesus sends you to, is your nuclear family and your extended family. Grandparents in the room, you're sent to your children and to your grandchildren. Brothers, you're sent to your sisters. Cousins, you're sent to your cousins. Aunts and uncles, you're sent to your nieces and nephews. Nieces and nephews, you're sent to whoever else you can think of in your extended family. Sometimes children are used by God and sent to tell their parents about Jesus. And their parents come to faith in Jesus through their kids. You see, as part of an extended family, you are placed right in the middle of a relational network that Jesus wants to use you to reach your extended family with the good news of Jesus Christ. And as I was writing this phrase here, as I was writing this portion just a couple of days ago, I was just, I was hit by the face of a person in my extended family. His face just appeared in my mind and I thought, oh, and I realized I haven't been praying for him. He isn't living his life fully surrendered to Jesus yet. And I haven't been praying for him. And I felt convicted about that. And I paused right there and I said, Jesus, help me remember to pray for this, this person in my extended family. And use me. Give me an opportunity at some point that I could just share in a very real, open way, normal way about who Jesus is. 
Parents, I want to talk with you just for a moment in the room here. Your greatest field of mission is your children. Talk to your children about Jesus. Model to your children that Jesus is real. Dads, pray with your kids. Pray with them. Have your kids pray in front of you. Parents, pray with your children because here's the thing. If your kids never pray with you or see you pray, they might grow up thinking that it's not necessary to pray. Where are they going to learn to pray? Parents, pray with your children. Tell them stories about the Bible and tell them about how these stories shape your life and the life of your family. The truth is this, parents, and I say this for myself, if my kids and if your kids don't see that Jesus Christ is real, real in your life and in my life, why in the world should they worship and serve a God who isn't real to their parents? Parents in the room, ensure that your kids see that Jesus Christ is real to you. Parents, if you think, you know, I need to grow in this area, but if you're thinking right now, boy, I don't even know what the next step might be, Ken. I'm not sure. I need to grow in this area. I mean, I, I need to grow. What can I do? Talk to one of our children's ministry leaders. They can point you to some great things that you can start doing. And if nothing else, if you have kids, let's say under grade three or four, go right after the service, go to Appleseed and get this little children's Bible. But it's awesome for adults too. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. And this little Children's Bible really shows that every story in all of Scripture is about Jesus. Read this Bible to your kids. Order the little audio CD that comes with it. Play it in your van when you're driving with your kids. There's a British guy that's reading, you know, the Bible, and it sounds really cool. Your kids will love it. But start there, parents. Just, just reading the Bible with your kids and talking about it, praying with them. The first people that you're sent to is your nuclear family, the people in your extended family right around you. The second place that you are sent is to a community. You all live in a neighborhood. You live in a location. And you've got friends and acquaintances and neighbors around you. Acts chapter 17 verse 26 says this, that God has determined the exact place for you to live. Bible really says that. God has determined the exact place for you to live. He's placed you in a neighborhood with acquaintances and friends and in a social framework there to use you to reach out to people around you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. My wife and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God led us here to Calgary three and a half years ago and he has placed us in the exact home that we're living in right now in Hidden Valley. Before we moved here to Calgary, before we even thought about this, before it was even on our radar, we were trying to sell our home in Kelowna. And it wasn't selling and it was so frustrating. Our house was listed at the lowest price, right? Lower than any of the other houses in all of our neighborhood. And it wasn't selling. This was before we were even thinking about Calgary. We were frustrated by this. And one day we were sitting with our realtor and, and talking about this and, and our realtor said, you know what? She said, Kent and Nadine, I've, I've been praying about why your house isn't selling. She said, I was praying about this the other day and I felt like God was telling me it's because your next home isn't ready yet. 
And I thought, well, okay, in my mind, that makes sense, but it really doesn't help me feel any better because I'm still frustrated, right, about why our house isn't selling. And we reflected on that and trusted then that she heard from God and that gave us a bit of peace. And time went by. And then coming here to Calgary came on our mind and we were praying through that and we eventually moved here to Calgary and settled in a home here and everything worked out and as we looked back on all the circumstances, we could tell that, that God was leading us here but, but we reflected back to the sale of our house went through the dates and times that everything occurred and here's what we, here's what we saw after we were settled here. We saw that our home in Kelowna closed on Sunday and the home that we're in right now came on the market on Monday. And we reflected back on what our realtor had told us. And it was true. Our new home wasn't ready yet. And because of that situation and other things, we know that God has placed us exactly in the house that we are supposed to be in with the neighbors right around us. And he wants to use me and my wife and our kids in that location to tell people about Jesus. He has sent us right there. If you are a follower of Jesus living wholeheartedly before him, God has determined the exact location that you are living right now and he wants to use you in your location to tell other people about Jesus, to show that Jesus Christ is real. He's real and alive and active. And if you might be thinking right now, well, Kent, I don't really know how to talk about Jesus. I stumble over my words, I get sweaty hands, I get nervous, and, and I don't even know the first step to take. I'm not sure how to do this then. This is what you need to do. This afternoon when you go home, go on the internet and look up this website. It's just simply called thelife.com. Thelife.com. There's a great learning tool on there that can help you share your faith. Talk about Jesus with confidence. Not in an overbearing way, but just in a natural, normal way to fit who you are and your personality. Thelife.com. Go on there. God has sent you, first of all, to the people in your extended family, your nuclear family. Then he's placed you in a neighborhood, in a location with friends and acquaintances and in your workplace as well. But let me close with this. God might be calling some of you at this season in your life to actually move to a different place. Perhaps move to a different neighborhood, a different home here in Calgary. Maybe he's inviting you to move across Canada someplace to a different province. Maybe he's calling you to move across an international border or an ocean. Because this is what God does with his people. As he looks all around the world, he moves his people to where they can best serve him and accomplish his purposes. And God has brought some of you into Calgary just recently to use you here to accomplish his purpose, to expand his kingdom, to let people know Jesus is real. I think of a couple guys from our church, young guys, guys named Aaron and Tanner. Two years ago, they felt like God was prompting them, calling them, moving them to move into the downtown core of Calgary here to reach out to young, single professionals that live and work downtown. And this scared them and they began praying seriously about this and talking with people about it. 
And they ended up actually moving downtown into a condo building with the vision and the mission and the idea that they wanted to reach out to people living in that downtown condo. And they began just hosting little social gatherings in the community room, right? Because most condo apartment buildings have a community room. They used that social space to connect people together and, and a little community started developing there. And then they started having some Bible studies in their home where they were living and this group just started to grow and they were inviting almost everybody they came in contact with, said, hey, come and join us. And people from other faiths began coming there. Atheists began coming there. And people began calling out to Jesus Christ. People's lives were changed. People surrendered their lives to Jesus. And over the last year and a half, this group grew to about 50 to 70 people to the point that Aaron and Tanner said, we can't fit any more people into our condo, the place that we live here. Now what do we do? They began looking for another place to meet and they thought, well, we, we have this dream of buying a house right in the downtown core there in close proximity. And they thought, well, we can't afford that, so we're going to rent a home. So four young men are now renting a house just on the edge of the downtown core so they can be in close proximity there, still with this mission because they feel sent to that location to reach out to young working professionals to lead them to faith in Jesus Christ. And now there's over 100 young people that are connected with this house. Almost every night of the week, there's something happening in this house. Often they meet there together and then pray and say, God, send us out tonight where you want us to go and who you want us to talk to. And they go out from there, sent to reach out to people. These young people want to reach out to people living in that location. And maybe perhaps God is saying, I want to move you actually to a different place, a different home, a different location, because it's time for you to serve me in that location rather than the one that you're in. You're sent to your family, your extended family, the place that you live, and perhaps God might be sending you someplace else. What I've just described to you is the normal, ordinary Christian life. As followers of Jesus, we are sent. You are sent. You're sent. Because if no one is sent, then perhaps no one will believe and call out to Jesus Christ, and that is not God's plan. His plan is that people come to know him, enter into a relationship with him because of what Jesus Christ has done. And that mission is to you and I. It's to you and I, church. I want us to pray together and just close, just make a couple of comments, but would you bow with me now as we pray? See, living with this awareness of being sent means that you and I pray continually. Jesus says that he only did and he only said what the Father told him to say. And my prayer for you is that you listen to the voice of Jesus and you obey. and You do what he's calling you to do. And I know there's folks of you here this, this morning that, that have someone, a name that's come to mind, a face, and you long to share Jesus with them. That's burning up in your heart. And I'd just like you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. I'd like to pray for you. Yeah, I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. If you, even this week, wanted to share Jesus with that person. Church, join together and pray with me.
Father, we've heard how you are active by your spirit in other parts of the world, and we rejoice with that. But Father, we long to see people here in our city coming to faith in you, Jesus, in the same way that we've heard stories of people coming to you for salvation in other parts of the world. We long for that here. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you move through us and you work through us to accomplish your purpose and lead us with boldness to speak about you just in normal, authentic, real, ordinary ways. Give us opportunities. I pray for the folks who have raised their hands that you would equip them and lead them to say the right things, to do the right things, as they just long to share you, Jesus, with their friends, with their family members, their neighbors. Give them an opportunity even this week, Jesus. Father, lead us as a church to be generous with the words that we share about you, Jesus. Use us to accomplish your purpose. We long to be used by you. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May his mercy be poured out on you. And may God empower you by his Holy Spirit in everything you do and everything you say this week to bring honor and glory to his name for his purpose. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has impacted you. We'd like to challenge you to take it one step further and get connected. For any questions or prayer, please visit our website at cschurch.ca. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter.